Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I am your hostess, Mistress Mia. And you know, we have Lord Bala, Johnny Hotcakes, Master John. It is I, Master John. I am here with you tonight, <laughs> Mistress Mia. We are going to discuss things. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Yay, me! Are you okay? <laughs> what was that? It, it, it's been a long was, week, John. You say I'm somber. Holy shit. I know. It's We're here, everybody. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we're here, everybody. Like, buckle in. We're going to have a good time. Yes, we are. All right. Okay. Okay. So, we have been communicating with the gentleman, Tony. Tony. He's the submissive. He's got a big old sub. He is a big old sub. He's going to do what we fucking say. Oh, shit. We're going to have fun with this. So. <laughs> I'll just tell you what to tell him and you tell him to do it. He'll do it. <laughs> I think you. Make him come in his coffee, Mia. <laughs> you. <laughs> you enjoy degradation and humiliation, I think, more than the actual sub does. <laughs> I do like you it. You do. I do. I do. <laughs> All right, Don't so, tell my partner. She she won't let me do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to find you some other sub at the party. Well, yeah, I need to find some people. Yeah. You know, I put an ad out at the party. Mm, I need a slave girl and a slave that. boy. I need a slave girl. She needs a slave boy. Agreed. At the party. You're going to do dirty things to us <laughs> and to each other. They're going to do whatever the fuck I tell them to do. Right? You know, I just love to spit on people. I think that's so much fun. <laughs> I'm just going to spit on him, but I can. Yeah, spit on him, slap him around a little I have, bit. I have to drink wine before I spit it on people. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. Open your fucking mouth. <laughs> you thirsty? <laughs> you want something to drink, little girl? <laughs> this is John's used up spit with some nice hot wine. Um. All right. So, Tony wrote back. He said, again, Mistress Mia... Your kindness is beyond what I could have imagined. Thank you again for mentioning my emails. I honestly can't believe you even read and acknowledged my email. Of course. Why wouldn't we? Uh, you even read and, uh, excuse me, uh, let alone spoke about me on the podcast. I'm beyond honored. Thank you so much. He said, I love learning more about BDSM and hearing all of your stories. You and John, I love your laugh. It's so hypnotic. You can believe and feel how much you enjoy what you do. Isn't that sweet? Oh. So sweet. Tony likes you. Tony likes me. That's so nice. Yeah. So he says, one thing I learned from your podcast is the idea for sex. I enjoy the thought of forced sex. I enjoy being the one forced, of course. I also enjoy the idea of forced by play. One of my biggest regrets was not doing that with the first dominatrix I sessioned with. Anyway, I really enjoyed connecting with what Master John said. Subs enjoying being forced because it helps them shed any guilt they might feel. I never thought of it like that, and it really opened my eyes. 
Also, you spoke of your NBA sub who enjoyed the racial slurs. I love it when I'm being called a faggot or when a dom uses that term. It definitely hits different. I love hearing about the things you enjoy, and I'd love to learn more about that. Is there a podcast you've done where you speak about what you enjoy the most? Hmm. Well, one day John and I will do that. Uh, He said on a pod where you speak about how you started with the BDSM path. Well, I've mentioned that a little bit before, but, you know, we can always talk about just different things that has happened in in my lifetime with BDSM. He said, I think that I would be very interested in in listening. Anywho, absolutely love the podcast. Thanks for keeping me company each day. Well, kisses to you, Tony. Tony, I'm going to do you a favor right now. We're going to give Tony a brand new fantasy. Fuck yes, we are. So Tony, here you go. You got you got your dominatrix. She's pegging you in the ass. Yeah. Because you know you want it. Yes. And she's calling you a little slut, little bitch. She's got your head shoving it on some dude's cock, making you suck his cock. Fucking suck that cock, you little slut. There you look, go. Look at you. There you go. There's some four sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. I don't know. I don't know if I can call him that, you know. Suck that dick, you fucking faggot. <laughs> Look, I can. You can. You can. <laughs> He'd probably like it better if you said it, though. Oh, of course. I don't know. He's bi. Yeah. Oh, see? He likes us. He exactly. likes us both. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, fuck him up. Totally fuck him up. <laughs> you want to go to Connecticut I'm going to make him eat ass. Yeah. Yes. Shove that face in some ass. <laughs> Put your tongue in there. I think John needs to come to Connecticut with me when we go. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> Definitely. We're going to make him call around in the restaurant. <gasps> in front of people. Oh, my His God. pink panties. Oh, wow. That's yeah. hardcore. Yeah. We're going to do hardcore shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of some hardcore shit. Oh, why are you looking at me? I don't do that. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> I don't do hardcore. I'm, I'm innocent. I'm an angel. Darkness. You know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny you were talking about angel when you said I'm an angel because I still think about that tent. Oh, that was that, a good night. It was a great night, but I didn't get to see it. I know, but I showed you the picture. You showed me the picture. Do you want to tell the audience about that? When we made her squirt for three hours. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone got their turn. Did they not? Everyone, girls got their turn. That was her first experience with a girl. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, that's our shocking. Our from New York. Yeah. Yeah, that's shocking. So they were playing with each other, making each other squirt. They were squirting on... The girl from New York was on top of her. I was playing with both of them at the same time. They were both squirting. It was steam coming out because it was freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cold. That was the best. <laughs> it was great. That's the best. Yeah, we miss you, Angel. <laughs> if you're listening, come see us. We miss you. <laughs> so, you know, over the years... People have always said, you know, why am I submissive? So what do you think your perspective is, John, when you when we've met different people? Why do you think they are submissive? Why? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough question. You know, there's a lot of different reasons. I know uh, a lot of times people are submissive because in their normal vanilla life, they're very, they have very, they have a lot of responsibility. They have to be very dominant. They have to be control what's going on. They come home. They want to. They want to release. So that's that's one aspect. You know, we've talked about that, and that's really the easy answer. So, I th- I don't know. People are just built differently. You know, some people 
are dominant by nature. They want to be dominant. Me, I can't be submissive. I can be submissive to a point. You know, if somebody asks me for a glass of water and I'm hosting a party, yeah, I can do that. We're, we're friends come over and we're doing things for each other. But that's not really submissive. That's just being, you know, kind to your friends. Absolutely. The degradation, humiliation, you know, we've, we've, we have several friends who have had hard childhoods. That's the easiest way to put it. Very true. So some part of them feels a connection when they're being treated badly because that's the form of love that they grew up with. They felt, well, this person loves me, they're treating me badly, and they associate that with love. Definitely. So I think a lot of times the degradation and humiliation comes from some past trauma or some experience where they felt like, this is how I connected with this person that I loved. Um, Submission in general is just, I think, a way for that person to express their love to a person. So we all have different love languages, for example. Mine is quality time and, um, what is mine? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're a sensualist. Yeah, I'm a sensualist. So, um, I, I like, I like spending time with people and, and doing things with them where some other people would like gifts. So when we find our love language, we tend to express that to the other person. Instead of trying to figure out what the other person wants, well, I like to get gifts. That makes me feel loved, so I'm going to give gifts too. (laughs) Or I like to have acts of service. I like when people do things for me, so I'm going to be submissive, and I'm going to do things for them because that's how I feel like I can please my partner. I can feel like I'm doing my part. And I think a lot of times that's where the submissiveness comes from is they want to feel like they're contributing to the relationship or they're pleasing their partner in some way. And if you have a dominant or a sadist and you're a masochist and that's what, yeah, that does please that partner. But you have to find the right partner. And that's where, you know, Tony keeps writing in. He's got a great partner. He loves his wife very much, but they don't match on that level where he wants very hardcore submission and she she probably couldn't. She could learn how, but I don't know if it'd be fulfilling for her. Because normally if somebody's dominant, they're, they're already dominant. You don't have to kind of tease it out of them. Absolutely. You know, we get a lot of emails, you know, and we get people, they, they write us the nicest things. They really do. But it, Tony's email stuck out to me because I, I do have a soft spot for, for men that are submissive mm-hmm. and that aren't having that fulfillment. And so, you know, my question is, you know, Tony, I'll tell you a little story about myself and you in re- return, if you would actually tell me, you know, why do you think you are submissive? Because I think John and I, I think other listeners can actually learn from that. Right. Because you and I are both dominant. Very much so. we had Dragling on, and she had some good insights on submission and masochism that we just don't have. Absolutely. So, yeah, if, if Tony, if you write in and explain to us a little bit more and to the rest of our listeners, I think that would be good insight. You know, John and I had different childhoods, so I can't speak for John, but I will say... 
when, you know, I don't always open up. I'm a very guarded person in, in a sense. But, you know, when I was growing up, I had um, a lot of privileged things. I had a privileged life to a point, and um, that was in my very early years. And then ultimately, when I really started, you know, developing, going into my teenage years, I had kind of the rug swept out from under me. And I saw that, you know, my father was very irresponsible. And I saw that uh, my mother was more submissive to my father. And, you know, she was, you know, old farm girl. And, you know, she grew up in the 50s. And so it was the 50 housewife concept of how, how she had her marriage. But, you know, I said to myself, I'm not like that. I would never be like that. So, you know, I was always the responsible one. I was always um, the one that even when my older sibling that I grew up with uh, was irresponsible and, you know, silly and, you know, she liked to skip school, I was the one she would kind of turn to for guidance. And so I've always been, you know, the strong one, the rock, the one in control. You know, I don't like to drink. I don't like to smoke or do drugs because I always love that control. And I've carried that through every aspect of my life. And, um, you know, sexually, um, you know, when I'm playing with someone in the dungeon, um, whether it's professionally or on a personal level, I get, I get a surge of like power and strength and it's it fulfills that that hardcore dominance that I constantly have now I'm not a competitive person I'm not in everyday life but you know there's something about knowing that you know I am the best at what I do because I feel like I fulfill every aspect of who I am as a person um, but I've always felt, um, that I always had to be in control to manage every aspect of my life. And sometimes that can be a downfall, you know? Yeah. And like you said, your childhood was a little bit different. You were the youngest. Yeah. So that's not the typical role for the youngest. Not at all. Not at all. I was the oldest. Yeah. So I grew up in a Mormon family, seven siblings. Parents weren't really home. So... I, would, I was cooking and taking care of them. If anything happened, I was the one that was responsible and I was the one that got in trouble. Yeah. So, you know, you learn to to be the leader and that's that's the role you take and that's and that's where I'm comfortable, you know. All, but also being raised in that religious environment, you're also taught to be submissive and do what you're told and be quiet and don't speak up. You don't, you don't buck the system. Yeah. But you still have to be in charge. So it's it's a weird dynamic within yourself Yeah. at that point. But um, I do, in my everyday life, I enjoy being the leader. I enjoy, and it's, it's a natural thing that happens. It happened in college. I was always chosen to be the leader for team proje projects. I've always been the manager or worked up through a company very quickly just because people, I don't, I don't know if it's charisma or it's, you do there's, have a a charisma. Sense, there's a sense about me that people see. You do. And they, I've told people before, being a dom, being a leader are really kind of the same thing. Yeah. You can only control or, or lead people that are willing to follow you. So as a dom, if you don't have a sub that wants to be your sub, they don't want to listen to you. You're not, 
are you really a dom? Very true. Very true. And, you know, I saw something on FET, and it's interesting that you say that, but I saw something on FET, and I don't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast uh, episode in the past. This is about a month or so ago, but I saw there was a picture of this this guy had posted, and he's a so-called dom. He was, you know, in his 40s, 50s. He was in a different country, and I was like, you know, cultural you know, perspectives are always different in different countries and different upbringings. But, you know, he was being degrading to a sub and it didn't look like they quite enjoyed that, you know. And he's like, yeah, this is all this stupid sub, this stupid useless sub is good for. And that's something that you and I don't do. And we always agree with that is that, you know, we respect the individual and it doesn't matter that the role that they play, we still respect that individual. Right. We play the role. Yeah. And then when we're done, the role is over. Absolutely. We come out, we're friends. We're equal. Absolutely. We do. We can do some hardcore things to people when it's appropriate. Absolutely. But to do it all the time and just just beat them up. That's abuse at that point. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know, there are people that want 24-7. Sure. And that's what they want. But if the sub is obviously not enjoying it and the dom is just doing it because... Either he really does enjoy it, because a lot of people do. There are a lot of emotional sadists. Yes. Um, if the sub's not enjoying it, that's just that becomes abuse. If the sub, if the dom's just doing it because he thinks that's what he's supposed to do, and the sub's still not enjoying it, the the dom's not paying very good attention. He's not paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. And he's he's not being a good dom. Either way, he's not being a good dom. Yeah. Very very true. The the. They're not good partners. Now, I was talking to one of my friends, and, you know, they're submissive. And she's always, always resisted being called a slave. But I said, look, so many of the things that you want, that's not just a typical submissive role play. It is you want humiliation, degradation. You want it hardcore. You want to be raped. You want all of these things, and you don't want a safe word. You know, to me... You don't want to be able to say no. Yes. That, to me, is a slave. Now, you know, again, I'm not trying to get into labels, but it's just my perspective from how I know this individual. But, you know, she told me, you know, when she was, um, you know, 11, 12 years old, you know, there was forced sex. There was forced by sex. Um, There was things that she didn't want to do. Sometimes it got rough. Sometimes it didn't. You know, sometimes she was with, you know, sensual pedophiles, you know. But now as an adult, you know, she wants that exact replicated scenes of torture, abuse, you know. She's in that moment in her head. In that moment. And she can't get out of that. She cannot have a normal vanilla relationship and be satisfied. Right. And that's the sad part of it. You know, because nothing is really making her happy. And she's dated different people, but she really just doesn't even know how to be anything other than wanting to go into that that slave mode. Right, because her early development, her early sexuality and emotional was defined by that moment. Exactly. So that moment is what continues to define her. Exactly. So, yeah, and that's what... That's that's a good way to explain what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. We have moments in our lives that define us, and they define who we continue to be, even if we don't realize that's what's happening. Very true. So, yeah, a lot of people do want that submissiveness. And like you said, 
she doesn't like the label slave. A lot of people get hung up on labels. They do. We talk about that a lot. Even my partner and I, she'll get hung up on labels a lot. It's like, well, I don't, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. It's like, you don't have to be any of those things. We'll just be us. Yeah. It'll be our dynamic. You don't have to call it anything. Yeah. If you like something, it's okay to like it. Just because you don't like what it's called, you don't have to call it that. We're, we just do what we want to do. What and makes you set happy. the rules. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Very true. We can call it anything. And that's that's where we kind of got stuck on Primal. And Primal, honestly, isn't the best label either. Not for it's what, not. Not for what we do. No. You know? And sometimes she'll, she'll say, oh, well, we're Primal. We do this. I'm like, no. We call it Primal. But we do this, this, this. We do all of these other things, too. That's not yeah. the only thing that we do. It's one big umbrella. Yeah. And it's hard for people to, to accept that, you know? Yeah. Some of the things we do would be considered primal under the definition. My definition of primal is different than the definition on fat life. Oh, yeah. My yeah. definition is I'm going to tap into my raw sexuality. It doesn't have anything to do with I'm going to bite you or we're going to act like animals. Are we going to do that? Yeah, sure. Sometimes we do. You've seen it. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to be sensual. Sometimes it's going to be... Whatever the fuck we want it to be. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a hard time with, with labels in general. Yeah. Deep conversation, right? I know. I know. What's wrong with us? <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I'm curious about Tony's story. I mean, if it's something that he wants to talk about and if he feels comfortable enough to write us to tell us. You know, maybe we'll interview him one day. Yeah, that would be great, too. And have a, have a conversation with him. Absolutely. Tony, if you want to do that, let us know. Yeah. We I mean, keep going back and forth on these emails. Yes. We're already talking about him. Definitely. <laughs> um, you know, it, and it still goes back to, I, I think, of, you know, Matt and Melissa. Yeah, the M&Ms. The M&Ms, you know, they are, they're great people. You know, they're trying to find their their niche in their relationship to make things work. And, um, you know, I felt bad because, you know, when he wrote us a few weeks ago, we talked about it. He was talking about how he was with a co-worker. His wife is interested in the co-worker. The co-worker was flirty with his wife. But yet, the way he gauged his co-worker, he just kind of thought, oh, I'm not going to approach him with a three-way for example. And this is what he was talking about. You know, to me, it's like trying to have our needs met. I go back to Tony now, you know, it's how do we have our needs met? How do we gauge people? How do we feel comfortable in doing what we want? You know, and we're dealing with two submissive men, you know, Tony and Matt, and they they both struggle is my point. Right. And you said it's a need. Yeah. And we keep coming back to that. And that's it is. It's an important point. Because we just said there's certain things in your life that define who you are later on in life. It's not just I have this desire or this fantasy. At some point, some of these things are a, an actual need. And you're not going to be healthy unless you find a way to express that need. Yeah. And yes, Tony, we want you to be able to do that with your wife. And we're going Absolutely. to keep giving you ideas and helping you through that. Because obviously, it's important to be faithful to your wife but you've got to find a way to it maybe it's not hardcore yeah 
but there, there's got to be a way to express that need. You know, um, I actually reached out to one of my submissives and I told them about Tony. They had listened to the episode that we were talking to him about it. She made the suggestion that Tony should actually use a different word, not mistress, obviously. He doesn't want to give that away to his wife just yet, but just something cute that he's going to know it's his way of saying mistress, but without saying mistress. Yeah, say something like, yes, darling. Yes, exactly. Or what was you the know? princess bride? What did he say to her? I don't remember. It's been years that I've watched that. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It's like, oh, damn, and I forgot it too. You know, maybe my dearest. Yeah. You know, something to that effect. But, but they, they had a thing that they said, and she knew it was him when he yes. came back because he said it, as yes. you wish. Okay, there you go. As you wish. There you go. So, yeah, come up with something that satisfies your need to have an honorific. That's what it's called, an honorific. Yes. To your to your mistress without calling her a mistress. That's a good idea. Yes. Now, one other email. You know, our good friend um, that we've had in the dungeon a couple times and we tortured with the duct tape and his ball hair. Oh, ball boy. Ball, ball boy. Ball hair boy. <laughs> Harry, Harry ball boy. Okay. Well, he's on FetLife as Intrepid. <laughs> anyway, he, he wrote me an email the other day. Um, we keep in contact quite a, quite a bit and just back and forth. And um, he said, I needed cheering up, so I listened to your podcast. Mission accomplished. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right? Um, he said he's had a difficult week. He's He has a friend that's been in the hospital, so... He said, but listening to y'all is what the doctor ordered. He said, I have a few points. He said, number one, I write because you're awesome. You've got a great sense of humor and a beautiful, dirty mind. Well, that's that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and you had me at Fucked Up Fridays, which John and I will do that with the new year, yeah. 2024. And three, he said, if you all want to use fire on me, go for it. Okay, so that's what I was hoping. Yes. He turned on the podcast to feel better, and he turned on the one that we talked about him. Yes. He heard us. Yes. He said, just nothing that would require a hospital trip. We're just going to singe the hairs a little. It's yeah, going to be great. It'll be great, I right? do it all the time. I like girls' tits on fire. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't hurt. So then he says, and four, the package driver, referring to you, Tony, uh, he said, things is... There's a correlation between submission and depression in his in his opinion. Maybe, but with me, it's masochism and depression. He said, the more depressed I get, the dangerous the masochist fantasies come up like serious shit. So he really loves the thought of being tortured, I guess, when he's depressed. He said in five, thanks for the shout out. I really thought you were going to discuss my Grinch story. And I thought, ah, fuck, are they going to be... Uh, <laughs> Telling my Grinch story. He he came up with this whole dirty Christmas story about the Grinch. It was great. Okay, we'll have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was for another day. Yeah. So, um, he said he did get the shout out. Um, he did hear that. And he loved when I said uh, the smell of singed ball hair, that I do enjoy that smell. And he laughed his ass off. He said, I can imagine you two breaking out some s'mores. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho. Usually when I light people on fire, I do some other stuff too. Uh, you know, if I'm going to light you on fire, I'm going to do a show. 
Yes. I'll, I'll eat some fire for you, too. You know, <laughs> and Bob Boy and Tony, I will say this, that I've known a lot of people who've delved into, you know, the world of drugs and they've been homeless and they've struggled. And um, ultimately, they just need to find BDSM. <laughs> right. Makes things so much better for them. It, it really is cathartic. And it is. For a lot of people, that's the need that they're looking for and they're trying to run from or cover up or whatever they're trying to do. To f- because a lot of t- there's a lot of shame behind it. Yes. A lot, a lot of times people don't understand what it is that's going on or what they need or why they're having those fantasies. Yeah. But there is a safe way to do it. You know, that's what we try to do. We try to open it up and make it teach people how to do it safely and give them the tools that they need to be okay with it. Definitely. And I think a lot of times depression comes with the fight within ourselves. We get depressed because we don't understand why we're this way and we don't accept it within ourselves. And that's where a lot of the depression comes from. Once we learn to accept ourselves and to love who we are and to love that part of us, we're free to be ourselves. Yeah. Beautifully put, John. Thanks. (laughs) That's why we're besties. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, shall we call it a night? That's it. So, until next time, make your... (laughs) I'm going to love me too, damn it. Fantasies become realities. <laughs>